Welcome to the Declaration Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We pray that today's message encourages you and blesses you. If you'd like to connect with us, please visit us at declaration.org. Hey, good morning, Declaration Church. Uh, it's me, Pastor Shane, and I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that you guys are logged on it. And uh, I, I am a little sad that we can't be in the same room, but hey, God is still God. He's still on his throne, and we can still worship him together. So um, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about this word that, that I really believe God has given me. And um, as, as many of you know, I, I've been the youth pastor here at Declaration Church um, since we launched in 2016, and, and even before Declaration Church, I've, I've worked in student ministry um, in, in some sort of capacity for the last 12 years. Um, and so naturally, uh, w- when we have a week that is called Student Takeover, which I'm sure most of you out there know that's what this week is, I am going to jump at the chance to speak in to this incredible, awesome generation. Now, if you're new with us, if this is your first week, first of all, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, we, we've been in this series that we're calling the What If Series. And basically, all we're doing is we're asking these what if questions, and, and we're going to discuss and we're going to talk about different topics within this, this realm. And so this week, the question that we're asking is, what if we release this generation to dot, dot, dot. Now, now you fill in the blank with that. It could be, um, what if we, re- we release this generation to fulfill their purpose or maybe to, to use their abilities and their giftings? Um, and my favorite is, what if we release this generation to do what God is calling them to do right now? Now, all this, this last week, which um, we should have been at 220 last week, but due to COVID and all this crazy stuff, of course, we, ha- we, we weren't able to go. Um, but all this last week in, in preparation, I've been praying about what it is that I was supposed to talk about today. Um, and, and the one thing that God just kept showing me over and over and over is that honestly, that it is time for us as adults to get out of the way of the students and to stop holding them back. Now, I truly believe that, that we as adults, that we tend, we tend to hinder our students and, and our kids. And um, honestly, we, we may not think that we are, and, and it, we may not even be doing it on purpose. You know, I, I think that a lot of us, we, we do it because we're trying to protect them, right? We, we want to make sure that, that their feelings don't get hurt or, or that they have to go through the same struggles that we had to go through as teenagers, um, and you know, we, we're adults, right? Like we've, we've walked through this broken world for, for a number of years and, you know, we've seen how mean it can be and how dangerous it can be. And I mean, why, why wouldn't we want to protect students and protect kids from that? But I, really what I want the point um, of us to see today and what I want us to, to hopefully something that we can all agree on is that um, honestly, as I read through scripture I see Jesus telling us a lot more often that we need to be like adults, right? That we need to be like children more so than he tells the children to be like us. In Matthew um, chapter 18, 
verse 1 through 4, it actually says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them. And he said, Truly. Now catch that, okay? When Jesus says truly, it is scientifically proven that he is about to drop some knowledge and we better listen, okay? So truly, Jesus is saying, I say to you that unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven, okay? Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Again, just a chapter later in Matthew, chapter 19, it says, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. So again here, just in, in two chapters, Jesus has said already multiple times that, that the kingdom of heaven belongs to, to those like children, to those who come to him like children. And, and so what, what does it mean for us to become like them? And um, I, in this instance, I'm gonna tell you a little story, okay? So a couple years ago, um, we were at our very first uh, preteen 220. Okay, now if you don't know preteen 220, it's hard to say 2222, right? Uh, preteen 220 is for uh, our, our DC 56 class. So they're, it's usually around fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. And um, this was our, our very first year having preteen 220, and it was incredible to watch these guys worship the way that they were worshiped and just to see them encounter. God the way they did. And if you were there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, it was incredible. But now, one day in particular, okay, I was walking down a sidewalk, and um, I was walking from the rooms to, uh, like, uh, the sanctuary, right, the place we were worshiping. And, and as I was walking, I, I saw some girls who were just off the path, and um, I noticed that they were digging a little hole, right? They were just kind of just scurrying around, digging a hole. And as I got closer, um, I could hear them start talking about this little bug. And what they were doing was they were digging a hole to bury this bug. And um, when I walked past them, I actually, I heard one of them say, um, hey, wait, why don't we pray over this bug? Like, like God can heal it. And now naturally when I heard that, okay, I, I chuckled a little bit. And, and I mean, honestly, how adorable is it that this, this child had so much faith that she was like, hey, wait, why don't we pray for this little bug? Like God can heal it. And, and so now, now back to my question, right? What does it mean to become like them? Um, well, honestly, do we adults, right? Do, do we have enough faith to trust in God that he, and to even pray over something as small and as seemingly insignificant as a dead bug? And honestly, I would even pose the question that do we as adults, do, do we have the faith and the trust in God to pray over the big things in our lives? right? Or, or is he just something that we go to um, whenever, um, because we're supposed to, right? Or because, you know, we've exhausted all other avenues, and, and now I guess since we, we have no other options, let's go ahead and let's try prayer. And, and I think what Jesus is saying, even in all of this, is that, that he's saying to his disciples and to us that we can learn so much from them, because even in that story, those little girls, they just, they didn't know. They didn't, like, no one had ever told them that God's not gonna heal a little bug. And why should we feel that way? Like why, what has told us that God's not gonna do that? Because um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, so, but it's just, there's so much that we can learn from this age group and from this generation. And so um, truth be told, right, I have, 
Um, I don't know what happened at the end of that story. I don't know if, if when they prayed over that little bug that it was healed or honestly if it's still buried in that same tiny little hole today. But um, as I was praying about today and about what I was gonna talk about, um, God brought this story back to the forefront of my mind and, and he showed me something about it that I honestly don't think I'll, I'll ever be able to look at any other way. And um, in that moment, as I was walking, and I overheard those girls, and I heard them talk about praying to heal this bug. In this moment, God revealed to me that I had three choices of what I could do as the adult, right, as the grown-up in the situation. And Number one, okay, I could have stopped, and I could tell them, you know, it's really great that you want to pray for this bug, you know, but really God's probably not going to heal that bug, right? Like, it's just a bug. But honestly, like, who would ever do that, right? Like, that's, that's kind of mean. Like, that's just crushing dreams, right? Um, number two, I could have stopped. I could have joined them in prayer, right? I could have joined with them and, and let them know that not only is God capable of healing that little bug, but that God is in the business of healing, right? And that if we, as his children, if we humble ourselves, if we believe and we have faith, we can tell a mountain to move from here to there, and we can tell this little bug to breathe, right? Like, can I get an amen? Like, how awesome would that have been? Um, and now the third choice that I could have made, I could have chose to hear them, to chuckle to myself, and to keep walking, which of course we all know now that that, that is exactly what I did. And you may be saying like, oh, come on, Pastor Shane, that's not so bad, right? Like, what's wrong with that? Like, you didn't tell them that it can't be done, right? You didn't take option number one, and, and you'd be right. I did not tell them that, right? I, I can vividly remember thinking how cool it was that they would suggest praying over something like a bug. Like, I don't, I don't remember if it was a dragonfly or a butterfly, but it doesn't matter because it was just a bug, right? And in that same thought of me thinking how cool it was, I can remember thinking to myself that chances are God's not gonna heal that bug. And, and what the Lord has taught me over this week is that in, in my absence to speak that truth, to take the time to tell them the truth that if we humble ourselves and if we pray to God and that he is faithful and we can tell him out to move from one place to another. And um, if, if, if we don't take the time in my absence to speak that truth in that life and the situation, it left an opening for the world to sneak in and to speak lies and destructions over them, right? What we speak and even what we don't speak matters so much, right? We live in a world that speaks loud and speaks often. And the only thing that keeps rattling around in my head is, as I was thinking about this is that in every chance that we don't take to speak life into our students or into our kids, that the world is going to take that chance to speak lies, right? Now, here in just a few minutes, we're going we're gonna to hear from, from our students. We're gonna hear, we have a little video that we're going to show you, and um, you're going to hear firsthand some of our students' dreams, some of their passions, and, and what their struggles are, and, and really um, what, what they think about on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, right now, there's a lot of craziness going on with, you know, are, are people going to be homeschooled? Are they going to go to school? Like, what's the case? And um, but I want to remind you is that these kids, these are kids that call Declaration home, okay? These are our students that, that every single person out there has the chance to speak life into in one way or another. And, and maybe you're saying to yourself right now that, well, I don't have a calling for students, 
right? They're not my passion. So, so really, it's not up to me. Maybe you're, you're at home saying, well, well, Pastor Shane, that's your job. Or, you know, Pastor Travis, that's your job. And, and I really want to challenge that thought right now because I've been really, really convicted and honestly want to apologize for all the times over my life and over the years that, that I've asked or even just mentioned having a passion for student ministry because what I'm beginning to see and, and what, I, what seems apparent to me now that, that God has opened my eyes to it is that if we are God's people, if we can say, if we can truly say that we believe in him, that we trust him, that he is our savior and that, that we are ministers on mission, right? Which is what we're called to be. If we, if we believe this, if we can truly and really truly, truly believe right? There's that word truly again. If we can truly believe and say those things, then we are called to love. And in such love, we are called to student ministry and we are called to kids ministry. Nowhere in the Bible do we ever read anything about a specific student ministry or specific children's ministry, right? Jesus ministered to all ages. He, he healed all ages and he spoke truth and life into all ages, I mean, even the, the second part in Matthew that I read, like in that passage, he's actually talking, the disciples were trying to, to tell the little children to go, to, to leave Jesus alone. And Jesus calls them to him. And, and as we move into this video of the students, I, I wanna really challenge you at home. I wanna challenge you to open your heart. I wanna challenge you to open your ears, to listen, listen to what these students have to say. Um, but more importantly, listen to God in this moment. And honestly, just move out of the way and let, let him speak into your life. These kids, over this last week, if we listen to them, like some of this is like these kids go through real things and these kids have so much to say, right? They have real passions. They have real struggles. They have real gifts. And, and I think it's, it's our job, right, is that they need adults to show them that God is in control, that God is for them, they need to know love and compassion and they need to know just the truth that, that they matter so very much. And, and I, I really think that the best way for us as adults to show them these things is to take a little step back and to just guide them and show them the direction to Jesus, right? We don't need to tell them how to live. We don't need to tell them what to do, but instead show them Jesus. We need to speak that truth into their life that, that he loves them, that he's for them, that he has a purpose for them. And, and, and speak that truth in their life. Show them that they're loved, that they're cared for. We're, we're, we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're not called to be his mouth. It's not our job to save and to protect them, but only to show them the way to the only one who truly can protect and save them. Let's watch this video. Well, I always wanted to, you know, help people. Um, just seeing people that are hurt, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. So I just, you know, I've always had that in me to help people. One gift that God has given me is that um, I'm able to welcome people and I'm able to talk to them very easily and kind of connect with them quickly. I wish the world had more um, God-loving people that are willing to share about Him and just like go about their daily lives just sharing the gospel and because I know that's really hard for me just like talking to some like my friends and mentioning God and they're kind of like whoa where did that come from but I wish that was more normalized 
That way we can grow in the kingdom. Some of the things I fear is getting too far away from God, which I noticed throughout quarantine that that's happened. I've definitely separated, but I'm trying to go through and read all the books of the Bible and see if I can get closer to Him through quarantine. I need people. I love them. Uh, be, being isolated has actually affected me in such a way that I didn't want to be around anymore. And uh, I don't, I don't like that feeling. At the beginning of COVID, I would walk through every day just going through the motions without really meaning and joy. And um, in the end, I found that every day I needed to put meaning into my day. I needed to ask God what he wanted from me in that day and find the joy instead of the darkness. I wish I could change all the negativity. I feel like lately that there's been a lot of negative. Well, and like all like the suicide rates, like that really hurts me seeing all of those go up and up and up. Like it just, it hurts me that people are doing that. COVID has impacted my mental health in a lot of ways. I didn't really have any problems before. And then now it's like, describe it but like I was fine before and now I'm not. I feel like because of COVID that kind of just sparked it not being able to go anywhere or see anyone and being alone with my thoughts and myself and like no one to talk about my thoughts and feelings to. I was having a really hard time hearing from God like I still am that's what I really struggle with. I was just laying on the floor surrendering and like praying so hard just like really determined to hear from him that night and there was this light and then I just saw someone hugging me. Like I didn't see a face, I just saw arms like squeezing me and then I saw this tree and there was this like dad chasing this little girl around the tree and I didn't know what that meant. What I interpreted as was God trying to like chase me and finally catch me so then we can go on our journey together. Yeah. I have like a deep understanding for a lot of things and the Lord like speaks into it, but, yeah. but I don't know how to use it always because most people don't understand everything, hard things. I, like I thank God for all the struggles he walked me through, even though it was hell, but now I can help others with it. Our generation, the so-called snowflake generation, isn't, we're not as fragile as a snowflake, but in fact, we're actually as unique as each and every individual snowflake. So I've been struggling lately with my anxiety, and I feel like the devil's really getting to me during this time, and it's kind of leading me away from the path I want to take with God, which is really frustrating because it's like, I wanna have that time and I wanna feel Him and I wanna hear from Him, but I'm just not motivated to. I wish adults knew how hard school can get, but well, I mean, in the, in the long run, we get over it and it's okay, but like, it feels like such a big deal in that moment. I feel like parents are just like, eh, 
you'll be fine later. I mean, you will be fine later, but like in that moment, you're like, I need you to be here. I need you to understand what's going on. I feel that one thing like the younger generation really needs from past generations is just opportunity to do what they need to do. I feel like a lot of the times we're kind of seen as immature or just too young to do certain things, but I don't know, lately it seems like there are just more and more young people rising up to be the leaders that we really need, And but to have like that opportunity we also need to be given the privilege to be in leadership positions and things like that. I wish the world was just less hateful because there's just so much going on and most of it just stems from hate. Like, <laughs> We're not supposed to be uh, fighting the lies or the enemy himself on our own. We're supposed to be asking God or even others for help. I am struggling a bit with trying to find like healthy ways to cheer myself up, stuff like that. Um, it's just really hard to have motivation when all you're really doing is leaving the house for work and nothing much else. Something that God's been teaching me is to slow down and find the beauty in His creation. Like walking through the park and seeing the sunset at night and that beautiful, His beautiful things take time and it's not always in the time that we want, it's in His time, His, his, time, his plan. Just people right now in the world that are treating each other bad, um, I just want them to respect each other, love each other, no matter what their skin color is. We're all, um, we're all equal in God's eyes, so. I've been learning that despite what the enemy says, I am a child of God. I am loved by those around me, and I'm not giving up anytime soon. I find a lot of times people don't believe that I'm depressed because I don't like I choose not to let them know all of my feelings. So then they kind of invalidate me because of that because I'm not like letting them in. I think it was just after 220, after I heard the song Look To You, it really like, it changed my perspective of how I saw him. At first it was just like, oh, that's God. But now it's like, he's like my father. He's always there for me. He's never gonna leave my side. and. Anytime I need to talk to him, he's there. It's never like, oh, I'm busy right now. He's always open and there for you. Honestly, I, I know that God's plan is so much better and that anything he's gonna do is better than what we want and what we want. They, don't, they just don't see me. They see just a, a normal kid. But when they get to know me, and that's when they see me, Jackson, the George, so. I know I'm supposed to be uh, asking others, but I, I, it's almost like I don't feel comfortable asking them. One thing that really frustrates me about people is when they don't understand that you can't really control how you feel, and like if I'm upset about something or if I'm like feeling depressed 
just taking a walk isn't gonna help that. I could walk for like five miles and I'm not gonna feel any better. It's not like a mindset, it's, it's more than that. I know I keep saying this, but it is really rough, for, especially for most people. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, just don't give up on God and just keep trusting him all the way. If there was one thing I could change about the world, it'd be to teach them not to live in fear. Um, COVID has impacted me in many ways. At the beginning, I felt very isolated, especially when we were, um, you know, doing social distancing and all that stuff, not really leaving the house. Um, but now it's kind of made me realize that we kind of need to cherish everyone around us for as long as we can. Um, and it's just become like, something very strange but also I feel like it's done a lot of good. I find that like another thing that happens when like anything like any type of pain it can be like mental or physical like people always say you're too young to feel that. My biggest fear would be to be alone uh, spiritually and physically. I think we get emotional when we feel God because his presence is so big and it's more than we could ever imagine, really. It's just... It's the greatest love you'll ever Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it's like his love and his heart is like this and you're like... It just overflows you. Will you pray for me? 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 Man, how how incredible was that? I, I don't know about you, but I know for me, um, just hearing what those kids are dealing with, what they're struggling with, and and even on the other end of that, of, of what their dreams are and what their passions are, like that gives me so much um, just excitement, um, you know, because God has such a real plan for these, for these kids. And, and what's crazy is it's not like his plan isn't for the future. His plan's not for when they get older, but his plan is for right now, you know. And one, one of my favorite things that I've ever heard is that, that there is no junior Holy Spirit right? The same Holy Spirit that, that resides in us and teaches us and talks to us and gives us gifts is the same exact Holy Spirit that talks to them. And so we can't stand in their way, right? We can't be in front of them. And um, I actually, uh, you know, I, if, if you have been around and you've seen the news, um, I've been uh, the student pastor here for, for a long time, like I said earlier. And uh, we're actually in this bit of a transition where I'm, I am, uh, passing on the baton, I guess, to uh, my friend and co-worker and really cool guy, Pastor Travis. Um, of course, you. I'm not going anywhere, um, but I am kind, I'm not really taking even a step out of student ministry. Um, I'm just kind of putting my folks in a different direction, but uh, we've already conversed and talked about where, um, where I can fit in in student ministry because I do love them. And um, if, if what I've had to say today... Um, means anything. It's just that I don't, I don't see, and I don't really like to say that students have potential, right? I see them as, as they're already there, 
right? It's not their potential, but it's what they're going to do and, and who they are. And so, um, Pastor Travis, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on the baton to him for this morning, and um, he's going to close us out and end us and um, share a little word with you. And so, Pastor Travis. Well, thank you, Pastor Shane. Yeah, buddy. I am Pastor Travis. Um, unlike Pastor Shane, I have not been doing student ministry for lots of years. Matter of fact, I've been doing kids for a long time, kids ministry. Um, and so I've been doing student ministry all of like three weeks, but I have loved it so far, um, especially those interviews. Um, I got the opportunity to um, edit those videos and spend a lot of time uh, crying. I mean, honestly, to just hear their hearts and hear what some of them are going through. And um, it put a fire inside of me. Um, to say the least, and my prayer is that it put a fire inside of you. Um, but like Pastor Shane said, what they're experiencing is real. It's not, oh, you're just a student. They're experiencing real things, real calls on their lives, real attacks from the enemy, real struggles with everyday life. They are really experiencing life, and, and that's what really hit me is, so many times it's so easy to fall into the the mindset of oh they they don't know they're just young but man to hear what some of them are going through I, i've never experienced some of those things and to hear the call that some of them have on their lives is just exciting and encouraging but also heartbreaking for the things that they're struggling with and so um my prayer is that that lit a fire inside of your heart too but i want to start off this morning with kind of declarations namesake, which is um, Psalm 145.4. Um, and I'm going to read a little bit past that. But it says this, One generation will declare your works to the next and will, re- pro- will proclaim your mighty acts. And, and, and when I read that verse, I just got this picture of a waterfall, right? It, it starts from the top and it just flows down. And I just, I get this picture of, of generation pouring into generation, pouring into generation. Um, and I continued to read after that. And it says, I will speak of your splendor and glorious majesty and your wondrous works. They will pro- proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring acts. And I will declare your greatness. They will give a testimony of your great goodness and will joyfully sing of your righteousness. And that part really made me think of my experience at, at Camp 220. You know, we're focusing on the students this week because we would have been at camp last week. And, um, last year was my first experience with 220 and right after that that's what I saw in that verse were students coming back proclaiming their experience with God not not the rec games or their groups but what they talked about was their experience with the Lord and their encounter with the living God and I love that and and that is in who declaration is is generation to generation and, and proclaiming the mighty works of God the living breathing God who loves and created us. So one thing um, as I was thinking through students and, and, and us as adults is, is 
how we can fall into this divide, right? And, and it may be because of, of culture or what's around us, but we fall into this divide of because they're young, they don't get it, they don't understand, they think they know everything, you know, I've heard all of that, but um, we have to realize the moment they take their first breath, there is purpose. Uh, I have a saying that as long as there's breath in our lungs, we have purpose. And so the moment they take their first breath, there is purpose. So whether they're preschoolers, whether they're elementary age, whether they're students, there is purpose and calling in their life. And I love what Pastor Shane said. It's not the potential, it's now. They have that calling on their life now. Yes, God will mature and grow it, but the calling is now. God didn't create us to walk out our relationship with him after a certain age. God called them now to be pastors and preachers and, and evangelists and, and to, to pray for people and see them healed. That's it now. I mean, you even see the example of, of Jesus at a young age teaching in the synagogue and, and baffling those around him. And, and as Pastor Shane talked about, like Jesus says to have faith like a child, not to have a faith like an adult, because I, I, we find that we live in this world and we start to become more and more jaded because of what we're told or, or fears and doubts that, or hurts that we experience. And so to have that faith like a child and like a student. Um, and it's so easy. I, I get it. It's so easy to fall into the, the routine, right? As uh, our students, you need to focus on school. You need to focus on sports. We want to just set you up for success, which, which is great. Those things are great. But what starts to happen, and I've seen it, is, is these students start to make those things their identity. Like if I'm not good at sports, if I don't get a scholarship, then I, I what worth do I have? If, if I don't get straight A's, if I don't get into the school of my dreams, what worth do I have? And, and we have to start telling them that they are children of the King of Kings. They are children of God. That is what they are. That is their identity before anything else. So that if those other things fall away, they remember who they are and whose they are. That is their identity and everything else flows from that. And so we've got to start pouring that into them and helping them realize that there is worth in them beyond what they could ever understand. God knows every hair on their head, knows every heartbeat that they've ever had, every breath they've taken, and that there is purpose in all of that. That it's not just, yeah, go through elementary school and then go through high school and then college. And then once you graduate college, then, then you can do what God's called you to do. No. Think of the opportunity they have now in the schools and, and all the people they interact with on a daily basis. There's a call on their life now, right now. There is no junior Holy Spirit. I love that. Can you imagine if we started to pour into, empower, teach, and train our students to encounter God in a real way, to teach them that they can hear from God daily? Can you imagine the change we would see in the world around us? Because I firmly believe that even our students that we have at Declaration, that our students will change the world with what God has put in them. But we have to come alongside them. We have to teach them, equip them, and train them. And, and I'm not just talking about like, yeah, you have to be here Wednesday nights. No, I'm saying invest in them, disciple them, walk alongside them, have conversations with them, ask them questions, 
be involved and invested in them and helping them discover who God has created them to be. Some of them are walking around not knowing what their purpose is or who they are, or even if they have purpose, because they live in a world that is constantly telling them that they have no worth unless. You have no worth unless this. You have no worth unless that. But God says otherwise, and we know that God says otherwise. And so we as adults, as, as a, an older generation, have to start bringing them under our wings and saying, you have a purpose and you have a calling on your life. And God loves you and he's going to use you now. And he wants to talk to you now. And he wants to meet with you in the secret place now. And he wants you to share the gospel now. But we have to take a step out and we, we have this mentality that, oh, it's a, it's a burden, you know, like I have to sacrifice this to, to serve. But it's not a burden, it's a blessing. There is no greater fulfillment and joy than to get to see someone understand and realize their purpose and why they've been created. There's no greater joy than to see someone realize that God is real, God loves them, and that God, the creator of the universe, wants to meet with them in, a, in the secret place. And we've got to, as a church, as adults, we've got to start pouring into them. And we've got to walk alongside them. And we've got to show them who they are and whose they are. You know, I think about it, it, it's crazy, and it stinks that, that 220 got canceled. I mean, 220 was awesome. It was incredible. I have never experienced a camp like 220. But guys, what if I told you that God is not restrained to a certain date, a certain camp, a certain place, a certain time, a certain worship leader, a certain speaker, that God is God. And he can move like that every single day when we come expectant and we come knowing that God can do anything, he has power over sickness, over death. And if we come with that mindset, you know, we come as adults and I, I went as an adult leader ready to pour into those students and we start to pour into them and we start to see them encounter and experience God because we are spending that time intentionally investing in them. What if we did that every single week? What if we started investing in our students that are right in front of us, that are right in our church every single week. And we would start to see our students getting words and praying for our adults and, and our kids praying and getting words for our students and, and our adults. And, and, and the waterfall would start to come into place because as I picture heaven, it's not just a bunch of adults worshiping. It, it's children and teenagers and, and it's, it's, it's everyone of all cultures and tribes and tongues and nations worshiping the King of Kings. And we've got to take a step in and realize how important our students are in our church and into shaping the world around us. I want to I, I want to end with this. I want to read Mark 12 28 through 33. Let me get there. One of the scribes approached when he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well. He asked him, "Which command is the most important of all?" Jesus answered, "The most important is 
Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have correctly said that he is one, and there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, it's not saying that the burnt offerings and sacrifices aren't important, but it is saying that loving our neighbors is far more important. And these students who are in our church and around us are our neighbors and we've got to love them and we've got to love them well and we've got to show them that they have a purpose and a calling right now and we've got to invest in them. Camp 220 is a week, but what if we started experiencing that kind of movement of God 52 weeks every year, every week of every year, every day of every year, because we know that God can and wants to move that way in us, in our students, in our children. So my challenge to you is this. First of all, pray for our students. Not just our students, but the students in the world around us who are experiencing a lot of confusion, a lot of fear, a lot of lies from the world pray for them. Will you commit to pray for them every day? And as you get to know the students that go to a declaration, will you pray for them by name? Because they need our prayers. And the second thing is, I challenge you and myself and all of us to start investing in our students, to get to know them, to get to know their hearts to get to know their passions, their desires, their fears, their struggles, their hurts, their pains, and to walk with them through life and to help guide them to be who God created them to be. Because we are one body, we are one church, and we need to move together as one. Our students are so, so important. I'm going to pray for us as we close. Father God, thank you for declaration. God, thank you for what you have been doing in and through our church. God, I thank you for these circumstances. God, your word says to, to give thanks in all circumstances, to rejoice always and to pray continually, God. And though this summer and the past few months have not gone the way we've expected or, or hoped for or wanted, God, we give thanks anyways because your word tells us to, for that is the will of you in Christ Jesus in us. God, because you have a bigger plan than we could ever understand through our mindset and our eyes. God, will you help us? Will you light a fire in our heart for our students? Will you give us your eyes to see them the way that you see them, to see them as as the pastors and the teachers and the evangelists that they are now? God, and will you give us the boldness to step out even if it requires sacrifice, even if it's awkward, even if it's uncomfortable to invest in their lives. God, because majority of the time what you call us to is uncomfortable because we're made of flesh, but we're called to walk in the spirit. Father, 
I just pray for, for each and every one of our students, God, that you would show them their worth, God, and that you would start to bring in other generations, older generations to walk alongside our students, to love them, to pour into them, and to show them how much value they truly have and that they are loved beyond what they could ever imagine. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to get to speak your word. And I pray that it pierces every single person who's watching's heart and it lights that fire for our students and our kids and our younger generations and that we no longer see them as separate, but we see them for who God created them to be. In Jesus' name I pray.